I got moved into comp, I think it was the start of 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been like two and a bit years now. Mm -hmm. But before that, I was in prep. I was in prep and at Frame Store for like four years. Mm -hmm. um, so I did like my stint in Paint and Rotor. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, at the end of that, I yeah. got moved up into comp. Hi, and welcome to the VFX Artist Podcast. On today's episode, I have Prince Yadam, a compositor at Framesville London. During today's discussion, I'm looking to find out more about Prince's journey to becoming a compositor at Framesville London, as well as to learn more about what compositors do in the VFX industry. I hope you enjoy the show. As the tradition goes, if can you just introduce yourself and just tell us what you, you currently do? Uh, so my name is Prince. Uh, I am a compositor. Wow, there's was way to say that. I'm a compositor yeah. for film at yeah. a film store. And um, I also do like videography and travel photography outside of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I have, I'm just curious, how long have you been in that role as a compositor? Um, so I got moved into comp, I think it was the start of 2018. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been like two and a bit years now. Mm -hmm. But before that, I was in prep. I was in Paint and Rotor at Frame Store for like four years. Mm -hmm. um, so I did like my stint in Paint and Rotor. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, at the end of that, I yeah. got moved up into comp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like, because <laughs> I... <laughs> Because I know you, I've, I've known you for some time and I've, I've known you being already in the industry ever since you were at university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, can you tell us just about how you, you got your, you first got your foot in the door um, whilst you were at university? Um, yeah, so when I was, I've always had like this thing of, I, I just didn't want to, like the fear of failure kind of always yeah. pushed me to to kind of look for work or look for yeah. a, a jobs or whatever, even before we had finished uni, when we was in yeah. Ravensbourne. Yeah. And um, I, I kind of quickly realised when I was in uni that, oh, I, unless I have some sort of experience and can understand and know the industry before I leave, mm -hmm. um, it will be much harder or more difficult for me to get a job. Yeah. So I was like to myself, oh, if I can start as early as possible, um, then I can avoid kind of any um, difficulty at the end of like yeah. once I graduate. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like get a head start. Mm -hmm. So what I used to do is on my time off or holidays or whatever, yeah. I'd always look for um, that work experience yeah. and always just be messaging companies to try and get uh, anything that I could really to do yeah. just to kind of build up. Yeah. Um, not only myself, but my understanding of the industry as well. Because, um, yeah, I, I didn't want to come out and be running for ages. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of like speed up that whole process and yeah. kind of get a start. So I think it was before, um, I think it was in my last year, yeah. even the year before that, I was in contact with a company called Time Based Starts. I think you're quite familiar with them, yeah. Okay. And those guys were like amazing, man. I, I, I knew nothing at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was running with them um, 
and like they teach me so much stuff they let me work on projects so even for my 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 last end of year like uni project I didn't have to do anything because I'd done it already <laughs> I've done it all I've done done a bit of everything in all disciplines whether it was like personal work or professional work mm-hmm. and I could just present like oh I worked on this advert and yeah. I worked on this film or whatever yeah um, so yeah that kind of got me a, a, a good intro before I'd even graduated yeah yeah sounds sounds epic but where do you think that um like interest or that move for you to that curiosity to 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 go in and look for com- companies what do you think where do you think that came from just just because sometimes most like most of us or like some people are not they don't know what they want to do or they're not they're not really sure about how to like take um take action like you did just by yeah or at least they don't they don't they don't know what to do like they don't have the the knowledge of how to like approach I don't know how to explain it but because you 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 went out I'm just wondering how how you you learn about deciding to to go and and research and and contact companies um I don't to be honest with you I don't really know like yeah it's just um I just think I I took the initiative within myself to kind of of do it and I I think a lot of it came from well some of it came from when I initially went for my interview with uh, Ravensbourne I didn't know anything man like I tried to blag my way onto the degree course and like it went terribly (laughs) and (laughs) I was like I had some CD that didn't even work like it was a shambles Uh, and that Feeling of, I, when I had that feeling of failure, I was like, this is never happening to me ever yeah. again. Like, ever yeah. again. And I yeah. did the foundation course and ended up getting into the degree course. But it was that idea of like, oh, I don't really want to fail again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to try and do everything I can to kind of get in contact mm-hmm. with people in the industry and make those yeah. connections. Because I knew a lot of people who had done. And when you're growing up, mm-hmm. especially like when you come from where we're from, you hear that, yeah. oh, what are you doing? In yeah, media? yeah. Like, yeah. what, you're not going to come out of uni and get a job look at this yeah. person who studied this they yeah. didn't get a job and so I was like look there's no way I'm going to be one of those people who leave uni and don't don't yeah. do what they studied three four years yeah. of, of their life for not that there's you know people go on and do other things but for me personally I wanted to do this and I was like I need to do everything that I can now yeah. to kind of get a head start on yeah, that yeah. So, yeah, I kind of had like an internal drive within me to not, sure, yeah, yeah, to not not go yeah. out and and kind of fail in that way. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, but where where did that interest of for compositing come from? Um, so it's it's funny actually. Like I, I originally I wasn't really into compositing. Like I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. When I did used to do work experience back in the day, I always just used to be like, oh, and people ask me like, what do you want to do? And I used to be like, oh, I, I want to do post production. Yeah, uh, and people look at me, but like, yeah, but there's like a whole wide range. Yeah, of, sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Involved in that. Yeah, um, and I used to be like, oh, I want to be an editor. Okay. So yeah. originally, I wanted to be an editor because I enjoy editing. I edit yeah. at home even now. Um, yeah. and then I kind of <clears throat> got into more of the effects side of things, and I was really into motion graphics for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I kind of had an interest to uh, how can I combine my interest for effects and also my interest for editing and like live action things together yeah and that 
um, ended up being compositing when I found out about the department and what they do, yeah. uh, gathering elements together and putting it together to make uh, like a, a, a real, um, something that looks real. Yeah. Um, that really appealed to me. So it, it was like those, those doing those bits of work experience and seeing it in, in like live in the flesh with my own eyes, what people are actually doing. I was like, oh, this is crazy. How have they taken that guy's head and put it onto another guy's head and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I always found that super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah man. Um, I just remember at the time that I think was it between 2000 and 10, 11, at the time that you, uh, you were freelancing as well whilst you were at uni. But yeah. I think when we came out of uni, but, but back then, Flame and Smoke were their main compositing yeah. softwares, for, at least for commercials anyway. Yeah. I'm just, can you tell me um, when you became the industry standard <laughs> and how that affected you or how you transitioned to it from yeah, Flame or Smoke? Yeah, that's a good, <clears throat> that's a good question because me and my friend, Akwazi, yeah. uh, we were like, crazy we were like hell-bent on being flame flame operators like that was yeah. our thing yeah we wanted to come out of uni and be like the, f- the first black flame operators that we knew yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> such a, a big deal for us um yeah. and yeah so everything that i was doing at the time was geared towards flame or smoke or flare or, or whatever yeah. it was um but I, I can't i think it was like a year or so after we left uni Mm-hmm. Um, I started hearing people talking about Nuke a lot more and mm-hmm. how Nuke is becoming like the thing. So this must have been around 2012, 2013. Yeah. So a lot of companies were already using it by then. Um, and everyone had always told me like, oh, it's so hard to get into Flame and be a Flame op. Like those guys are pretty established. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I just didn't really see a route for myself like ending up uh, as a flame up, like I just, I couldn't see a way for me to do it or, or, or at least to be in a place where I could have a set path where I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then eventually I'll end up as a flame up. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't in house anywhere. I was just freelancing. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, so at some point, I can't remember what year it was. It was the year Framestore was working on Robocop. Okay. Um, I decided to, so it's funny because I did all that kind of work to not have to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I got to the point where I was like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to do flame anymore. I took the decision to go back down to running mm-hmm. to kind of work my way up back through um, so that I could learn Nuke at like okay. a film or TV place. Yeah. Um, so that was a bit of a hard decision, but mm-hmm. one that ended up paying off. So yeah, I ended up going back. I ran at one or two places and it ended up getting the, uh, job at Framestore as a runner mm-hmm. uh, I ran for like f- like a month yeah and um, yeah I ended up getting moved into the paint and road department yeah because, but it still paid off because one of the guys that the guy that was actually head of that department was someone that I had, I had met and became mm-hmm. friends with during my time yeah. doing work experience and interning at the mill yeah so yeah it's still it still paid off but yeah it was a conscious decision like oh I'm not going to do flame anymore I'm going to stop this yeah. I'm gonna go into the TV, uh, the film route. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting because I, I was, I was quite curious about why you gave up freelancing yeah. To, yeah. to to get a much more like established role. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah. That's, 
was the, that was the story behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, before I get carried away, just just for anyone watching, are you able to explain what a compositor does and what you're typically tasked to do on a day to day basis? Yeah, I, I always think I explain this really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically, what we do is we will have like a live action scene or shot, something yeah. that someone's actually shot a video or a mm. clip or whatever, and it's our job to get assets that other departments have made. So, yeah. for example, one department might have made effects uh, like smoke and fire. Another department might have made a, a CG character, a 3D fake character. Uh, another department might have made a background that uh, we have to put in and all these different computer generated um, bits of assets or images. And we have to take all of those and put it together into that live action scene, into that real life shot and to uh, make it look real so that when you watch it, it looks like all of those things are part of real life and that they haven't been <clears throat> made on a computer. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, we may get um, like a CG character mm -hmm. And if we put him into this, the scene as is, sometimes he won't look as real. So we have to try our best to, to blend him in, whether that's through grading or, or other techniques yeah, to sure. make him look like he belongs in that live action, yeah. in that real life scene. Yeah, so sure. that's the kind of stuff that we do. Yeah. What are, what are the, the, I'm sure there are stages of like seniority. Um, so, um, what are the stages? Because I know there's like pro, like rotor and prep, as you said. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering, like, what are the, the, the seniority levels and what the difference is between like rotor and prep and being a, a compositor? Yeah. So, so um, being in, in uh, rotor and paint, they are also one of the um, asset departments okay. uh, that essentially are doing um, preparing things for the compositing department. So, for example, you might create, um, uh, let's say there's a shot that you have that, uh, that's been filmed and maybe there's a character that's meant to be flying and they're on wires mm -hmm. and there's a blue screen behind them or something like that. So what prep would do, it would be their job to remove the wires. And then once the, the wires are removed from that character, that shot would then go onto compositing, yeah. uh, onto the comp guys. They'd have the shot with no wires and it would be their job to key or to get rid of the blue background or green screen that you often see and then put something else in to yeah. make it like the characters flying in the sky or, or yeah. something like that. So they're one of like the asset <clears throat> uh, preparing departments for compositing. Yeah. Uh, they do stuff for them and then they take it and then, and then prepare the final shot. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also not to say that prep is not, you know, uh, a senior department in its own right. Like a lot of the shots they do uh, would be quite challenging for compositors mm -hmm as well like it's a really important all the steps are, are very important but uh people have this idea that paint and rotor is somehow lower than compositing when mm -hmm. yeah. it, it could be argued that you know they're, they're almost as important um, yeah, yeah. As, as each other yeah. um so yeah in in compositing you'd have so so yeah i went through the compositing route because a lot of the skills that you learn in compositing in, in paint and rotor sorry help you when you become a compa mm -hmm. so that's that's why frames will have it like you go through a prep and then you'd go into into yeah. uh, into compositing because they value having that skill set a lot. Yeah, sure. um, but in terms of like the levels in 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 um, compositing, it'd be similar to a lot of other departments. So you'd have your junior, mm -hmm. mid, um, senior, leads, and and like your supervisors. So that's kind of yeah. how 
the, the scale, the scale yeah. would be, yeah. Yeah, sure. But like, like, like any, any department in VFX, um, there's usually like a lot of competition. So how, how do you make sure you, you are keeping on top of things to stay relevant? <laughs> uh, to be honest, to be honest with you, like I, I have my own motivations to to get better. Yeah. So I, I don't ever feel like I'm, com I'm competing with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but at Framestore, like everyone is sick, man. Like yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, like everyone yeah. is good. Like I don't ever feel like I'll ever be as good as as a lot of those guys, man. Like yeah, I go to work and I look around me and I just see what everyone's doing. And I'm just like, wow, like I'm, I'm yeah. very, very talented. Like, I just want to learn from everyone. I don't view yeah. it as competition. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, that guy's really good at that. What can I yeah. learn from him? This uh, lady's really good at that. What can I learn from yeah. him? So I'm, I'm kind of view it as school. Like I'll go there. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I feel, things, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel the same as well. Like being a much more. I mean, I think it happens to everyone because you're always like, I don't know. It's like judging yourself or second doubting yourself yeah but imposter syndrome isn't it it's no real. yeah i know <laughs> i know so cool, you know, i've been there i've been there so but, yeah, i'm not really like yeah in that kind of like oh i need to beat this person yeah. or i don't like yeah, yeah i think that's lame like yeah I'd rather just go there and just try and learn from everyone and yeah yeah and just get better like look at myself kind of thing yeah sure yeah 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 yeah, I like you said, I, and I know that you you like being behind the camera and like taking photos and videos and editing. But do you think having that knowledge is essential um, as a compositor of compositing? Yeah, a lot of a lot of people say it is, and I can see why um, because you learn the, the fundamentals of what makes an image real, how light works, mm -hmm. uh, how a camera reacts to to certain things to light and shadow and composition and yeah. our job is compositors so we should know how to compose uh, an image well and how how uh, real life um, objects react to, to, to certain things so yeah definitely I can see how having <clears throat> a photographic eye can help you with with uh, being in a composite or, or like any kind of stage of the creative process really yeah. um, you understand cameras lenses um and it, it does make a, it does make it easier to wrap your head around, around yeah. quite a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, I almost forgot, but if you don't mind, just can you mention some of the projects that you've you've worked on? Oh, um yeah. so Avengers, Endgame, <clears throat> Infinity War, uh Beauty and the Beast, Detective Pikachu. Um we're currently working on the new Matrix, the Matrix 4. Yeah. Uh, last year I worked on Tom and Jerry. Um, the King's Man. Yeah. Um, what else? Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Um, Jungle Book. Yeah. Gravity. Uh, yeah, man, there's been a yeah. lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how, how, how do your parents, do your parents like understand or comprehend with what you do? Just. Nah, they don't, they don't get it, man. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. My, my yeah. parents be like, editing at home when I'm on the computer they yeah. see my camera and they see me like going out to take pictures so when people ask what I do they're just like ah he does editing like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say yeah but, 
yeah. my mum tries to understand a little bit. Like I, yeah. I gave her a little like frame store leaflet once and she was like, oh, yeah. this, this is how it works. Composite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't, yeah. they don't yeah. get like my names at the end of credits. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Did, did, did you, do you, um, you think your parents were quite supportive or like quite liberal and in terms of what you wanted to do where they quite encouraging because typically as African parents they or at least it used to be they they try to guide kids yeah. them being like doctors or teachers or whatnot so how yeah. did your how 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 was the parents um influence in in you becoming a compositor uh yeah I, initially at the start it was quite tough like they didn't understand yeah. what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it yeah uh, and they did try and get me to like they wanted me to be an electrician <laughs> every time I think, think about it and I look back I'm like wow imagine <laughs> that route yeah just but yeah um they uh, I was fortunate that my parents trusted me mm. uh and they've always kind of trusted me to make like a right decision so mm. When I said this is what I'm gonna do, yeah. they trusted me that I knew what I was doing, that I'd be able to make a living from it, mm-hmm. be able to provide at the time as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was very, very fortunate. Like, even though they didn't understand it properly, mm-hmm. they trusted me that I knew what I was doing. So yeah. yeah, they they were quite they were quite cool with it in, yeah. in that respect. Yeah. But yeah, initially they tried it as they all do, like, no, yeah. I don't do that, do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get why you're doing that. Um, yeah, but yeah, they came, round in, they came round in the end. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, like my parents were quite liberal. They were like supportive. They didn't really challenge what I wanted to do. Yeah. But then, yeah. like lately, like these days, like when because because I freelance, my parents they do tend to get worried. Like when I don't, when I'm not booked and. Oh, that is real. When I was freelancing, then yeah. the worry kicked in for them. Yeah. Like, oh, how yeah. can you? How can you have a job and now you don't have a job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, I keep ex- I keep telling them like, yeah, it's it's fine. But they then they they they, they think I should get a full-time job, which yeah, yeah I don't really want to do, but yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I remember whenever I used to come back, if I go on holiday and come back, my parents would be like, Oh, do you still have a job? Like you still have a job. <laughs> like, yeah. they, didn't, they, they didn't get it yeah yeah it's funny. Funny. but yeah um yeah what do you think is the best way for anyone to get their foot in the door um these days these days i mean because before running was the way but mm. I, I i don't know i kind of observed um at the studios that i currently i, I freelance with and there seem to be less runners around i don't know mm. if that's changed so mm. i don't know what, yeah what do you think is the best way to to get your foot in the door Mm, I think like the the uni path that like that we took I, I don't I don't know if it's as essential anymore because yeah. I see like a lot of obviously going to uni is good if that's what you want to do and stuff but yeah. a lot I see a lot of kids who maybe go to escape studios mm-hmm. and then can sometimes skip the whole running thing and go straight yeah. into the job that they want yeah, but sure. obviously not everyone has the money for <laughs> for an escape yeah course. yeah 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 um so yeah I, 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 I still see I still see running as like the best entry level like way in but 
I don't think that you need to be a runner to start learning anymore. Like YouTube University, that's what I like to call it. Like that's real, man. There's so much stuff on there. Like everything that you'd ever want to know or can learn is on there. So I'd advise people to start taking the initiative and to always like start doing their own projects because that's stuff that we did when we were coming Mm -hmm. along. We always used to do our own own stuff on the side and learn from, from the stuff that we were doing. Um, so yeah I, I definitely still advise running if you know you, let's say you can't go to university or you can't afford an escape course yeah. then running is like your best entry in but definitely also look away for that and and apply yourself to start like taking stuff in and learning on your own as well yeah um yeah yeah because I think the big especially at the big studios the big studios still have running so maybe at the smaller places they don't it's, yeah. it's not as like a set thing as much, but yeah. uh, definitely at the biggest studios, I think it's still very much that alive and kicking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess that would apply. Would you say that would apply for anyone looking to, to join the industry as a compositor? I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. It would be a similar, similar, yeah, similar yeah. thing. Like look yeah. it up, look at yeah. what you can learn online and start building your skills up. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just last question, which I have is like having having been a compositor for for film and commercials. Like, which do you prefer the most, and, and why? Oh, no one's ever <laughs> asked this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, oh, man. Mm. You know what? I'm institutionalized now, man. Like, I've been yeah. in, I've been at Framestore for so long. Yeah, that I'm I'm used to uh, like film and how it works. Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So I definitely say, yeah, I'd say film. Although, yeah, I love commercials. Yeah. I love the quick turnaround. Um, but yeah, I'm institutionalized. I'm a film yeah. man now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sick, man. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks, man. Like, yeah, I wanted that's, I wanted to find out more about your training. Thanks a lot for sharing as well. No worries, man. No worries. No worries. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Nah, it's been great, man. Thanks a lot.